The views and opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the producer and those appearing in this show and do not necessarily represent the views of Dairy Cam, the town of Dairy, or any of its staff or affiliates. I can't help but feel good. I can't help but feel fine. Everything is in its place and all of it is mine. My name is Tom Donovan, and I want to welcome you to our show, All Things Recovery. Here we discuss all topics regarding mental health, substance abuse, treatment options, and the mental health system itself. We will cover all these topics by inviting guests from all facets of recovery, treatment, enforcement, and policy. The door is wide open, and we want to be a resource. We take topic suggestions, and we welcome feedback. This show is always dedicated to my friend and recovery warrior, Craig Barnaby, who dedicated his life to the well-being of others. Today, my guest is Joe Dieppa, who works for Clear Steps Recovery and is a uh, recovery advocate in the state of New Hampshire. Joe, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure, sure, sure. Thank, first and foremost, thank you for having me on, Tom. I yeah, really welcome. appreciate that. And I uh, always appreciate anything that's done in the name of, of uh, Craig Barnaby. Uh, nice. Very, very great man, and uh, his spirit's here with us. I can feel that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, my name is Joe Dieppa. Um, I do work for Clear Steps Recovery Center right in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Here we are a fairly new outpatient mental health and substance abuse facility. Yeah. Uh, I myself have also been in recovery coming on six years now. From, Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that from a, a litany of substances and yeah. uh, transparently uh, mental health concerns as well. You know, I feel the right. two go hand in hand um, outside of recovery and work. I'm, I'm also a father. I'm a husband. We have nice. a, a beautiful little girl at home and another another uh, little boy on the way. In September. What a great example of recovery. Oh, man. When I when I tell you that's uh, looking back, I think those are the things in life that in the hard moments and the hard times yeah. when things don't seem like they're going to go any further or right. you know you feel like you're just kind of sitting on your hands and there's no no change to be had uh right right coming home and having that that little girl run up and and yell daddy oh, wow. as i'm walking through the front door i can tell you it's uh it makes all of the hard the, the hard days worth it it makes nice. all the hard days worth it for sure um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been doing this kind of work uh, as far as community outreach, business development, um, I would say the greater part of the last five years. Uh, yeah. I feel fortunate. I feel fortunate because I've been able to work for uh, numerous different companies uh, throughout the state nice. in different capacities and different roles um, from direct client care to um, you know, the business development, the, the community outreach, um, and with many different demographics as well. You know, I've, I've, uh, over the past I'd say, uh, yeah, the, the entirety of the past five years or so, um, you know, but I've, I've been fortunate enough to have a hand in, in assisting individuals getting into treatment all the way from nice. individuals that are uh, at the shelters uh, to individuals who are uh, in law enforcement, who uh, are medical professionals, nice. physicians, um, you know, when they say that it does addiction and, and mental health disorders, they don't discriminate. It, it's really the so truest true. thing. So it's the true. truest thing. So um, I feel grateful. I feel grateful to be here. I feel grateful to have had the experience right. with so many folks in the state of New Hampshire that uh, are navigating the substance abuse and mental health treatment 
or are looking to or are struggling with. Um, it's become a, a, a very big labor of love. And a passion. Well, I'm, well, I'm glad you explained what business development was. Yeah. I think some folks don't know what that is. So you talk about clear steps recovery. Sure. Are they actively taking clients? And we are. We are. Absolutely. We are. So uh, right now we are running an intensive outpatient program nice. um, right from, for the general community all around us here. Um, we set it up in a way where folks who are not exactly able to go into an inpatient treatment facility or they don't have the the resources or yeah. they don't have uh we get a lot of parents who have kids and they can't go into an inpatient treatment right. program they need those services wrapped back around them at home um, and that's what we open this up for to really be able to serve those individuals that um can't just set their right. life up or set their life to the side to be able to go into inpatient treatment um, so we believe that there should be options for everybody Right. There should be options for everybody. So with opening clear steps, a, a, our idea is to, or was to, I believe we're, we're fulfilling that idea as we speak, um, but to bring something to this part of New Hampshire for folks that is of higher quality, that it nice. looks at each individual as an individual, as a human. You know, we, um, we tend to look more at the human operating system and how, the, nice. and how the individual, all of us really, uh, have have kind of that similar human operating system and how how we react to things, why we react to things, how nice. we think about things, why we think about things a certain way. Um, just just offering a little bit of uh, a different insight for folks that are yeah. at a different level in their recovery or right. have, have been to, you know, a lot of treatment facilities yeah. and need something with a little bit of a twist on it to be able to right. give, a, give a new perspective. So that's what we're doing down there. We are fairly nice. new. It's been about, uh, yesterday was actually our six month anniversary being nice. open. Nice. So it's uh, very incredible. Great oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah, can never have enough service. No, sure. no, no, no. Um, so how do you define Joe? What is recovery? There's some people that look at recovery as maybe not using. How would you define recovery? Um, so, I mean, I, I would say recovery to me, I believe is it, it, it's freedom from hopelessness. You yeah. know, I believe it's freedom from hopelessness. And, you know, Tom, I, I have to say that there are folks, you know, well, you say not using a drink or not using a drug. I think that recovery goes all around. I think it's, it's if you're recovering from something, if somebody's recovering from one of their mental health concerns or a substance use disorder, uh, that re their recovery is going to look different to them. They could be at a level in their life where that hopelessness has moved away and that, that uh, their day-to-day -day life is manageable. Yeah. That so would, true. They would be recovered, right? They would be in right. their form of recovery, on that path to recovery. Um, you know, so, so for me, it really does mean it, it's what are we recovering from, you know? Right. And it does. It looks different for every individual, very, very different for every individual. Right. But to be able to, to, to wake up in the morning and not feel hopeless, to be able to have right. that freedom to, to choose to, to go to work that day or not to go to right. work that day, you know? So, Joe, you have a lot of experience working in the system. You know, you said you worked at a bunch of different places. Sure. What do you think is working in the system? And what do you think is not working? Or things that we could do better? I know that's a lot. Yeah, I, I think at various levels, there are a lot of pieces being utilized right now within the state system. Um, as far as the uh, what's working, what's not working. I feel like 
it's subjective because there's yeah. a lot that works for people and then those same folks that that works for there's going to be a lot that doesn't work for those folks as well right, right. um i th i believe it's my belief my my theory um i think a lot of times it comes down to connectivity i think nice. there if we could do a better job within the state of communication working together amongst you know nice. um, all of the facilities all of the communities to right. to really figure out what it is that everybody's doing what's needed in each one of uh, these respective communities and you know um, I think getting back towards treating the human you know yeah. uh, so I think true. I believe we spend a lot of time treating addiction right we treat right. addiction we treat right. the the uh, the cravings we treat the relapse you know we'll go over relapse prevention we'll do a lot of different things that are treating the addiction right yeah. and I think when we all come together and we start looking at it and we treat the individual we treat yeah. the person and we treat because so that that a person is so much more than their addiction there's so much more than right right um, so yeah I think bringing bringing some human connectivity back into it bringing communication between different parties and, right. and um, really collaboration you know collaboration right. communication um, and just just human a little bit of human right. humankind back in the mix I believe would go go right. a very long way are there any things that do you think um, barriers or problems within the system that maybe we could work towards um, moving forward or do better I know we kind of touched about that but yeah know, what are some strategies you think might be helpful so I mean I think uh, if I had all the strategies together we'd probably be doing doing a lot a lot right. a lot a lot better at but the we're moment starting with this show yeah yeah <laughs> um, I think the barriers for me have always come down to one being individuals with severe mental health. Yeah, um, in the state of New Hampshire, thanks for, I, I find thanks for touching that. Yeah, I think it's important that we talk a little bit about mental health as well. Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, if you ask me, and this isn't everybody's opinion, but I, I mm -hmm. believe mental health and substance abuse are, are one and the same, right? The yeah. substance abuse comes as uh, a really poorly thought out solution to what's going on inside. Yeah, you know. Um, I think for for me the barriers have always run came into you know the mental health the acuity of individuals mental health um, a lot right. of individuals that are that are struggling that are in you know um, on state assistance they're they're on state New Hampshire Medicaid yeah there's only a certain amount of, uh, of mental health facility beds inpatient beds whether it's you know um, so there's some system issues with lack of services in some areas I believe that there are there's definitely a lack of services, yeah. Yeah. I believe there's a lack of services. Yeah. Um so say I was had a um a mental health concern or a substance abuse concern. Where do I seek help? where's some places or some ideas where you know, because a lot of folks don't know what to do. Sure. What to go, especially if you're in the middle of a crisis. Yeah. Where do I turn? Where do I go? Any ideas? Yeah, yeah. So I know um, that within the state of New Hampshire, there's a lot of access points. There are a lot of access points. There are a lot of uh, places for individuals to, to reach out, to get services, to be able to start the process of having at least a, a, a team of individuals get an evaluation. Right. Um, I know one of the bigger uh, bigger points that New Hampshire just added in is the 988 number as well, nice, yeah. um, which is the suicide prevention, nice. prevention hotline. Um, and we were, it was just at a uh, city hall meeting as well. They were speaking 
thinking about that nice. and the numbers that have come through. It's it's being something that's being u utilized quite a bit, which is fantastic. Nice. Um, the and then there's the doorway systems as well. There's the yeah. New Hampshire doorway systems. Depending on the town that the individual lives in, there's uh, one I believe in each county. Um, so they are very fantastic with getting individuals uh, set up with yeah. with services with an evaluation. Um, but the thing is, Tom, is that we it always comes down to the same uh, kind of same barriers, right? We have right. the new, we have the the state designated receiving facilities, um, and then other than that, there's really not much for individuals that need mental health care or right. need an inpatient mental health right. say that, let's say they, they aren't mandated or they're not IEA to be there. Right. There's not really many places that I'm aware of, and I've, I've been doing this job in this in this yeah. state for quite a bit, that if you know uh, if my wife had, had a mental health emergency and needed to just right. call and go inpatient somewhere, Right. There's not many places that I know of that I can that I can reach out to quickly and get and get her into in that circumstance. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, I know the hospitals used to be a holding area for people with sure. mental health. And recently, um, the state has awarded fifteen million dollars to the Elliott system. And I know the state we're not there, but there's there's steps that've been taken to sure. improve the system. But I agree. Um, doorway access points are more for mental health, are more for substance abuse. But you know they're not so much targeting that mental health population. So I think we could do a lot better when sure. it comes to to mental health and, and, and addressing those issues. Um, so if so, for example, if if um, it's, and I think we already covered this topic about not using versus recovery. What If I'm not using, am I recovered? What does recovery actually mean? You know, I think that is, again, like you said, is relative. Mm -hmm. You know, is, is recovery, I'm just not using a substance. It, you know, it, particularly if I have a mental health condition that's co-occurring co, co mm -hmm. with, with a substance use issue, is not using just the answer you know what what are some things that people could do besides you know because you mentioned it once you said something about connection mm -hmm. what does connection look for some people in recovery what are some options sure um so i mean yeah i think the connectivity part of of recovery it's probably one of the most important parts you know nice. um and then that's i feel is probably the easiest part but again it's uh, i would say the simplest part but probably the most difficult for a lot of folks right. you know um right. because there are there's even here here in Derry and london Derry, um there are an expanse of outside support meetings 12-step meetings um aa and nice. those types of meetings around around the state that uh, have been going strong for for many many decades nice. um and that that is really a, a it's a great place where i was able to get connected to a recovery community and a support nice. network um and be able to form that connection right because like you, you said it i mean someone can remove the substance from themselves but if it's a just a poorly thought out solution to another problem then that problem is still going to persist right you know um so yeah i think the the human connection being able to be around like-minded people being able to be around folks that uh, have been in similar circumstances before that right. don't judge, right? And I think that's a huge piece of all this as well is what individuals, uh, the, the, the stigma uh, per se, yeah. right? Of uh, where to go, where do I go without being judged? 
Where do right. I go where people aren't going to look at me like there's something wrong with me? Right. Right. Um, and I think that's a big part of the mental health, uh, kind of the mental health, state of the mental health uh, concerns in the state as well is just education. Stigma you know? still exists. Stigma exists big time. Um, people are afraid to reach out. People are yeah. afraid to go to AA meetings. People right. are afraid to right. speak on the fact that they're struggling with some type of mental health condition or some type of substance use disorder. Right. Um, you know, my, myself included in that, right? I'm, I'm in recovery. I'm a, I'm a professional in the industry. And, right. um, you know, hey, I, I openly struggle with, with some pretty bad anxiety at times, panic right. attacks and, and those types of things. And uh, it's the inter most interesting thing, though, because there's this fear around opening up and being vulnerable. But it's as soon as you open up and you're vulnerable yeah. with people and you let folks un know who you are and what you have going on, then you could start to connect with them as well, nice. right? Because how do we connect with somebody if we're not open to connecting, right? right. So how do we do that? We have to get right. vulnerable. But on the other side of that, um, we could all be vulnerable. But if there isn't also somewhat of an understanding from the outside world of who we are, what we, what we are, right. there has to be a little bit from both sides. But um, yeah, I, I think that it's a mixture. I think we as addicts and alcoholics in recovery have a big right. part to play in that, you know, yeah. and, and folks like yourself, like myself, that, that yeah. are okay with getting getting on and telling the telling the world, right. uh, telling everybody like, hey, yeah, this is this was me. This is what I right. went through. Um, I can relate to that individual that yeah. is spending this this time period at the homeless shelter. Right. Um, not because I was at the homeless shelter, but because we had a conversation, we sat and talked, we connected. Right. You know, and, uh, it's it's no different. You know, there's there's that saying, meeting people where they're at. Yeah, it's meeting people where they're at, and right. understanding that there's a little bit of each of us inside everybody that we see. Yeah. You know, just because somebody's uh, having a rough decade in their life and they've been uh, houseless for for five years, yeah. and doesn't mean that that individual is any different than I am. Right. Their operating system works the same. They have Sounds the same right. emotions. They have a heart. They have a soul. They have a mother, father, family. Yeah. Their circumstances were a little bit different, right. so their experience is a little bit different. Right. right? We're all products of our environment, aren't we? Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, a lot of where we come from kind of leads us to where we are today. Absolutely. So we know that the system has some issues. We know that the system has some gaps. In an ideal world, what would you imagine would be the best solution? I know that's kind of a, a, yeah. a difficult question. We kind of danced around topics like this. But, but say this was your place to kind of imagine the best way we can tackle these problems. What would you say? And it may not be a realistic, but what, would, what do you think, Joe? What are some ways that we can maybe accomplish a better way of achieving our goals of recovery? So if I was the actor trying to control the show, you were trying to control the show in the ideal world. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's that it's a it's a it's a tough question. To it answer. is a tough question. It's a tough question to answer, right? Because I feel like the easy thing to say would be, you know, we should have all these mental health facilities yeah. and stuff. But if like, we've had these, I don't believe it's a matter of. In a perfect world, if, if what I would think, right, if we can create a blank slate to the to the treatment industry mm -hmm. or the landscape or whatever you want to call it, right, because I look at it in a way where 
we have a lot of privatized treatment facilities um, who come in and they do a lot of really great work. We do fantastic things. We have, there's there's yeah. hundreds of beds in the state of New Hampshire for individuals with substance abuse, with Medicaid, with really no matter what it is, there's been programs, privatized programs that have come in and they have um, really opened up and closed a lot of gap, opened up services and closed a lot of right. gaps for individuals. Um, and then you also, you have a lot of the programs that are nonprofits. You have the hospital yeah. systems, the, the various uh, recovery centers across the state who do right. fantastic work. Um, yeah, if it were in a perfect world for me, I believe that everybody would do a lot better at working together. Nice. Um, something that I notice is that there are a lot of individuals doing the same thing, but yeah. no one's really doing it together. Yeah, good um, point, Joe. That's they, a great point. I believe that if there were uh, a little bit more congruency amongst agencies, um, amongst that would different make it, towns and yeah. cities, um, I really, I would love to see, you know, uh, each each town or each city that, that a facility operates in or, you know, that their service is in for... Yeah the you know the police the fire departments to be fully involved for yeah. um you know and they've come a long way absolutely, I mean, absolutely. compared to what they were even 10 years ago yeah. there's been some you know particularly with public safety there's been some really big strides yeah. and not only like you say not only in the treatment of people experiencing mental health and substance abuse yeah. but also within their ranks you know, looking at the, the individuals that are employed in those positions sure. who also may be experiencing the same snapshot of mental health and substance abuse within their own ranks. Absolutely. Joe, in your opinion, why do you think most people, or a lot of people, I shouldn't say most people, why do you think some people, when they start recovery, why might they fail? What are some reasons? Um, well, again, I think uh, fail is a... Is a relative is a term. Relative, relative. Well, we could even spin term. it whichever um, way you want. Yeah. To. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think people, uh, I'd say, uh, hit their head or speed bumps or, um, I look at it in a way. My 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 overview of recovery uh, is like they say, right? Like relapse isn't a. It's not a necessary. Um, but that's why I say it, I don't believe it to be a failure, right? Yeah. Um, now, you go, where do I find pain point? People see hit pain points in early right. recovery. Um, I mean, really, typically the same same places that I did, you know, and that that's just within myself. The emotions coming back, the right. being able to go get services, to be able to have transportation, to get connected to people. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, all of the external factors, I've watched people navigate external factors like I would never believe and, and maintain their recovery. Um, I always find that it's usually something that comes back to something that that individual is yeah. struggling with themselves that they're afraid to talk about. And yeah. I really find that that's what, what that ends up being, right, is we right. hold on to something, we hold on to things. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with, with, with fear. Yeah. And fear is a big, big, uh, big monster. It's a big animal. It takes a lot of folks yeah. back out. And it's kind of a, a blanket answer because fear can encompass a lot of things, right? Yeah. Fear of going and getting a job. Fear of being uh, a sober dad in recovery that you've never done before. Right. Fear of finances. Fear of, you know, being judged, whatever it may be. Fear of walking out the door. Fear of walking out the door. Right. No matter what it, what it may be, um, it all comes down to, a fear for me you know yeah I think that's 
And being able to identify fear. Right. You know, a lot of us, a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of us, I can, I can only speak for myself, <laughs> but a lot of people don't know what they don't know. And again, that all comes back to, you know, how I was raised, what would my environment look like, you know, um, what behavior was modeled within the home, and all those things. Right. You know, and again, I never said this, but I'll say it to the audience that I'm also in, in, in long-term recovery, too. Yeah. And again, and I'm a therapist, and I'm former law enforcement, and just like you said, I'm no different than anybody else. Yeah. We're all, we're all, we all come from all walks of life. Absolutely. And, you know, and and I agree. I I want to, um, you know, agree with you in the fact that I, I do think we could collaborate a lot better. Yeah. And I do. And I'm hoping that this show Absolutely. allows us to open up doors, you know, to start that dialogue with some of these agencies. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think it's a great, great, great place to be able to pull everybody together and yeah. to be able to connect without any set... Uh, this is where we just get everybody together. Right. Everyone come in. Everyone's already, the, the one thing I found, everyone's doing the work. We just have to all do it together. Right. I think it would make a big difference. We all just want to help people. And you've already said this, and, and again, you know, what works to keep people in recovery, and I think, I think you mentioned that yeah. quite accurately, and, 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 and we're very detailed in what works. But again, like you say, it's about the individual, yeah. you know. And uh, let me just ask you this. I'd love to do these fill-in-the-questions or fill-in-the-blanks type of sentences. Sure. Recovery equals what? How would you fill in that blank? Uh, first word that comes to, work, to come to mind is uh, recovery equals freedom. There you go. I'm a therapist, so one-word answers do apply here. <laughs> awesome. So... So, Joe, I really want to thank you for being here. Absolutely. And, and the information that you have provided is incredible. And I respect what you do. You should be very proud of what you've accomplished. And, and it's really admirable of you going around and spreading your, spreading your experience to help others. So, um, in closing, I want to uh, please continue to tune in. I just want to let you know that we are here to provide resources. But if you are in crisis, don't forget to dial 911. If you are trying to seek services through the state of New Hampshire, we have that. Too. You could dial 211, and they can call, and they could provide you resources. Also, if you are suicidal, please call the 988 Suicide Crisis Line. Just don't forget to ask for help. Always seek support. And please do not do this recovery thing alone. You don't have to be alone. And I also want to put a plug in for Derry Kim and Owen Proventure and his team because they were advocates in trying to, um, to get this show together and to, to, to get these discussions going. Thank you, brother. Thank much you appreciated. Very much appreciated, sir. The views and opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the producer and those appearing in this show and do not necessarily represent the views of Dairy Cam, the town of Dairy, or any of its staff or affiliates. I can't.